Hello, everyone, and welcome to Saving Minds, the podcast that uncovers what's happening in the search for Alzheimer's and Parkinson's disease treatments. We are your co-hosts. I am Shanti Skiffington. And I'm Dr. Elliot Goldstein. And in this podcast, we're going to speak once again with Elliot to understand what's happening in Parkinson's disease. So Elliot, would you tell us about Parkinson's disease, just for our listeners who may not be familiar with the current situation, you know, outlining how the disease manifests, how many are affected, and what the available treatments are for these people? Sure. Happy to give a brief overview in this respect. Um, I guess the first thing is, how prevalent is it? Well, Parkinson's disease is the second most common age-related brain wasting or neurodegenerative dis- disorder after Alzheimer's, which is number one. Um, it's estimated that somewhere between 7 and 10 million people worldwide have Parkinson's disease. And as we all know, the incidence of the disease or the rate of new cases generally increases with age, especially after the age of 65. However, it's important to note that 4% of people with Parkinson's are actually diagnosed before the age of 50. Men are about one and a half times more likely to have Parkinson's than women. Uh, The common symptoms of the disease are called the Parkinson's triad. There's three major symptoms, but many others that occur as well. Those three key symptoms are a tremor, often it rests, they're called a resting tremor, muscle rigidity, and slowness of movement. It's the muscle rigidity and slowness of movement that really interfere with the activities of daily living. And important to note that these symptoms despite adequate symptomatic treatment initially, but these symptoms will progress over time and new, even more debilitating signs and symptoms always arise later in the disease. Um, Although there there are therapies to manage the symptoms that are available, especially uh, products like levodopa, we'll probably talk a bit more about that. It's important to note that like all the other neurodegenerative diseases like Alzheimer's and ALS, there is no treatment available today that attacks the underlying, the root cause of Parkinson's disease. So we talked about this in our last podcast, which was uh, focused on Alzheimer's disease. And we talked about how there was really no treatment for Alzheimer's. And it sounds like there's, there's a similar situation for Parkinson's. For this particular disease, what have been the biggest challenges to getting treatment to patients? Yeah, that's this is really important again. But um, I guess first off, like other neurodegenerative diseases, such as Alzheimer's and ALS, there's no cure for the underlying root cause of Parkinson's disease. No treatment available today to stop the death of brain cells in the particular part of the brain that leads to Parkinson's disease. So that's the biggest challenge, is finding a way to knock out this root cause. Um, like other neurodegenerative diseases, there's a steady slow decline in loss of function. However, unlike Alzheimer's and ALS, there are symptomatic treatments like levodopa or L-dopa that provide helpful symptom control for several years. So this really is different uh, in Parkinson's disease compared to the others. Over time, however, levodopa and other therapies lose effectiveness because the brain is continuing to lose cells. It's continuing to d- die as, and the disease progresses. So generally, doses of levodopa and other uh, dopamine-like therapies are increased to gain some responsiveness that slowly gets lost. But ultimately, these increased doses of levodopa in particular lead to severe complications 
such as abnormal involuntary movements, the kind of flailing movements you see a Parkinson's patients have, and these very disruptive freezing episodes um, where the patient is basically frozen and can be stopped right in the middle of the street. It's very unpredictable when and how they occur. But these abnormal involuntary movements and freezing episodes are often far more debilitating than the disease itself. So accordingly, researchers are really focused on developing treatments to neutralize the root cause of Parkinson's, so to stop the progressive dying of neurons and stabilize the patient. Yeah, it's really clear how um, something that modifies the path of the disease is really needed. Um, You know, I'm a child of the 80s, and when I think of Parkinson's, I immediately remember when Michael J. Fox was diagnosed, and he was so young. that name just immediately comes to mind. He really seems to have succeeded in controlling his disease pretty well. How, how does he do that? Yes, that, that, that's right. But before answering that, it's just important to consider that each patient is an individual, and especially in these debilitating chronic diseases, it's essential to tailor the treatment program, and I insist on program, to the individual. Uh, In the case of Michael J. Fox, uh, I think we can all assume that he most likely receives state-of-the-art, the the best uh, care therapy available, but that includes not only drug therapy, but counseling and support, which involves staying active, physical therapy, intellectual stimulation, engagement, and medical therapy. So let's take a look at what, what, what we might call the average Parkinson's disease patients. Uh, modern guidelines and current practice uh, all indicate that moderate doses of levodopa should be prescribed to control symptoms. Um, this is because dopamine levels in that part of the brain that is responsible for Parkinson's disease are greatly reduced owing to the progressive death of the neurons. Um, L-dopa or levodopa can replace to some extent the loss of dopamine in the brain and offers reasonably good symptom control for a few years. However, the initial often spectacular response to levodopa, it's called the honeymoon effect, where after a few weeks or even a week or so of levodopa treatment, the patient's symptoms appear very well controlled, almost have disappeared. However, As neurons continue to die and the disease progresses, increasing doses of levodopa are needed to maintain even some level of control. And within about three to five years on average, sometimes less, three to five years of diagnosis and start of levodopa, many, in fact most patients, will display serious debilitating side effects related to the increasing doses of levodopa. And these include abnormal involuntary movements. These are sort of wild flaying movements of the limbs and the upper body in particular. And they're accompanied by freezing episodes where the patient may suddenly appear frozen in mid-step without any warning. And as well, there are serious psychiatric and digestive disturbances that also uh, ensue. And these side effects, unfortunately, are often irreversible. And in essence, they're far more debilitating than the initial symptoms of Parkinson's disease. So what is urgently needed are treatments that neutralize the underlying root cause of Parkinson's disease. And as we know, this root cause is the so-called toxic oligomer. So let's talk a bit more about this root cause, the toxic oligomer. 
um, because when we did our episode on Alzheimer's, you described how the root cause of Alzheimer's was also the toxic oligomer, and there's some commonality here. Can you explain for our listeners how this root cause is similar? Shanti, this is really a great question because Alzheimer's disease and Parkinson's disease are very different diseases, right? Although they're both neurodegenerative diseases. However, the signs and symptoms of Alzheimer's versus uh, Parkinson's, they're very different because basically, simply put, these diseases affect different parts of the brain. Neurons are dying, progressively dying in different parts of the brain, leading to different symptoms. There is, however, a commonality across these brain-wasting diseases. And in each case, whether it's Parkinson's disease, Alzheimer's and ALS, or other neurodegenerative diseases, it is a toxic form of an otherwise normal protein that's driving the death of brain cells, the neurons, and the spreading of this death, death throughout different parts of the brain. This abnormal form of protein is called the toxic oligomer. The toxic oligomer is simply a small clump of the protein that is abnormal since it has misfolded or unfolded from its normal shape. This abnormal folding or misfolding is uniquely and only found on the toxic oligomers and not on the normal forms of the protein. In the case of Parkinson's disease, it is the toxic form or toxic oligomer of the protein we call alpha-synuclein that is the bad actor in this case the toxic form of protein that is killing neurons in the part of the brain that is responsible for Parkinson's disease. Before symptoms are visible, it's estimated that up to 80% of the neurons have died in the region of the brain that's responsible for Parkinson's disease. This region is called the substantia nigra. Um, this demonstrates how robust and adaptable the brain truly is. So like other neurodegenerative diseases, we mentioned Alzheimer's, ALS, um, and Parkinson's disease, it's the toxic oligomer of a different, otherwise normal protein in the brain that is causing the progressive death of brain cells. And in the case of Parkinson's disease, it's just the toxic oligomer of the protein alpha-synuclein that is the real bad actor. I see. So... I asked you when we spoke about Alzheimer's, and I'll ask you again, how far away are we from some kind of effective treatment that can stop or at least slow down this disease? You know, what's, is, is anything coming close? Well, the answer, short answer is yes, and there is encouragement on the horizon. I mean, importantly, the scientific field, uh, drug developers, uh, regulatory authorities, and academic researchers we're all much closer to effective treatment today than ever before. Why is that? Well, because now we understand that it's the toxic oligomer of alpha-synuclein that's been identified as the root cause, drug developers can focus on creating products that block or neutralize only the toxic oligomer. That's the goal. And there's general agreement that that's what we need to do. Uh, what's special at Promise is that our unique proprietary discovery platform has allowed us to identify several antibody candidates that selectively target only the toxic oligomers of alpha-synuclein, only the bad actor form, only the form that's killing uh, brain cells, 
we can selectively target and neutralize this toxic form without interfering with the normal forms of alpha-synuclein, which is important because alpha-synuclein plays many, many roles in normal function of neurons. And maybe that's a subject for another discussion. Uh, this is an important point to underline, though. Effective root cause therapy should selectively neutralize the toxic oligomer and, of course, not interfere with the normal forms of alpha-synuclein in the case of Parkinson's disease. And this is what Promises technology platform allows to do. And we are aware of no other platform that can achieve such selective and targeted uh, neutralization of only the toxic oligomers. Well, so this has been very helpful uh, to know that selectively targeting the toxic oligomer is really the right path. What else do researchers need, though, to get treatments to patients faster? Yeah. Um, well, what we really need are better, faster, smarter clinical trials, because ultimately, that's how you get the product to the, to, to the patient, right, is uh, clinical trials that demonstrate the usefulness, the effectiveness, and the safety profile of the product. So there's great interest in basically the three key sectors, academia, the pharmabiotech drug, drug development industry, and also within the regulatory authorities like FDA to create, develop, and bring to market innovative therapies to slow or stop the progression of neurodegenerative diseases. So Elliot, one of the big three conferences for Alzheimer's disease and Parkinson's disease is coming up at the end of March. Uh, I imagine there's going to be some really exciting research coming out of this conference. Could you tell us a little bit about what you know that we can watch for? Sure, I'd be happy to do that. The conference is called ADPD, and it'll highlight, as you say, some of the best new research for both these devastating diseases. Um, in particular, our chief science officer, Dr. Neil Cashman, a well-recognized specialist in the field of neurodegenerative diseases, he'll be chairing a session and presenting data that show several promise antibodies are better at selectively targeting the toxic forms and only the toxic forms of alpha-synuclein compared to other drug candidates in development for Parkinson's disease. This is exciting information along with other uh, developments in the field uh, that we'll learn about as the agenda is released. Wonderful. Well, uh, we really look forward to hearing more about the conference, and I think we'll be doing a podcast from the conference for people who want to hear the latest about what has happened there. Um, but also, our next two podcasts are on the topic of biomarkers, which are absolutely essential to speeding uh, and improving the quality of the drug candidates uh, that are coming to market for Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. So thank you, everyone, uh, for listening to Saving Minds, the podcast that uncovers what's happening in the search for treatments for Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. And we look forward to seeing you again on our future podcasts.